0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, taking you behind the scenes with your favourite actors and creatives in the world of musical theatre. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going backstage with Summer Strallen, who's currently appearing in Intramuros at the Park Theatre in North London. Summer has musical theatre in her blood, it just runs in the family, her parents and her three sisters are all actors, and her aunt is Bonnie Langford, who's currently appearing in 9 to 5 just adding another West End show to her long list of credits. Summer most recently appeared in Young Frankenstein in the West End, but she's also played Meg in Love Never Dies, and she took over from Connie Fisher in The Sound of Music at the Palladium. We met after rehearsals one day at the theatre. The rehearsal space was being cleared up while we were talking, so you might hear that in the background from time to time. Here's our conversation. Summer so Australian, welcome to Backstage With.
1: Thank you, it's good to be here.
0: Thanks for sticking around after rehearsals, I imagine you're quite tired.
1: Yes, well we're at the week three now, so we've got to that point where we've had the terrible twos, which is the second week when everyone sort of suddenly goes oh I don't know anything and I'm rubbish and everything's like I don't know what I'm doing and this third week is now sort of just we we feel a little bit better we've got through the second week and now we're just putting more and more detail on but with the detail comes more emotion and that's what drains you and that's what makes you tired and this play is it's great because it has a it has a fantastic balance of comedy and of drama but today i also fell over on my way here and mm. grazed my hand
0: oh, no. <laughs> so
1: i was a bit my chakras are all like out of line so today and then we had to do lots of i was actually doing lots of crying all day and so it was a bit um yeah it was quite a full-on but i love talking to anyone about what i'm doing you know
0: It's called Intramuros. I was reading up about it on my way here. It sounds like nothing I have ever seen before.
1: Right. Well, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. So Intramuros means within the walls. And the play is set in a prison in present day. There is uh, my character called Alice, who is a social worker, Uh, Richard, who is a theatre director, another actress called Jane, and then we meet two prisoners from the prison and um Alice has organized this theatre workshop because she's been working at the uh you know at the with social services for a few months and has decided that she thinks it's a good idea to put a theatre workshop into the prison and the players are sort of it's very meta, so it's actors playing in a play and in a in a prison. But it it's, it's very kind of complex. But within the walls, the the, the, the title um, is very much alluding to what we as society contain ourselves in, and the way that in this play you can actually acting is can affect not just the actors but also the people watching and also that you can get people to emote and feel something even if they're not an actor. We also play multiple characters. There's a moment where I I have to go quite quickly from one to the other and it's the most fun because sometimes in the rehearsal room we've been, you know, I've been doing a northern accent and then Trying to do a West Country accent, and then by accident going back into Northern, and not knowing who I am. So that's <laughs> that's really um, it's
0: a real challenge. You have a live DJ on on set. Is that is that right?
1: The play has been done in Paris. It was created in Paris with Alexei Michalik. Michalik, we don't know. I mean, I'm not quite sure how to how to pronounce it. And it's been going for two and a half years. And they have a DJ on stage. We are lucky enough to have um, Rio Kai, who is, gosh, a, a jazz musician slash. Oh, I don't even know. He's 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 a maestro of all different things. Plays the bass, the the double bass, the saxophone, the piano. So we are collaborating with him and making our own music basically so we don't ne- we don't necessarily have the DJ element he's doing bits of DJing but also bits of actual live playing so and because obviously it's a it's a, a reimagined version of the play he's Creating that in the room, which is really exciting.
0: So is that that's part of the development? Is it? Will it be the same every night when the audience? Is it here? will be.
1: A, it will be the same every night. Yeah, and and I think I believe it was in Paris as well. It was just that they uh, found it in the rehearsal
0: room. When you're developing a piece like this, that's sort of a reimagination. Mm. What's your mindset when you're approaching approaching the piece? Do you sort of look at how it was done before before you go into your characters?
1: I don't. It depends what it is. I mean, obviously, doing the Sound of Music, I knew Julie Andrews, you know, portrayal of, of Maria, Inside Out, and when it's sort of a a classic, an old classic like that, it, you, I I always like to honour that um, and put little bits in that she might have done or whatever. But when it's come, when it's a play that has been only done once before, I think it's that's the role of the actor to sort of bring their own take to it and that's definitely what's happening with this because we aren't uh, we're not doing it exactly the same so we we we're, we're finding all different things being translated from french we've had to kind of make it our own in that sense um, which I believe you know Alexei is is quite happy for us to do because he is French so he's like you know it doesn't matter if you need to change something to make it feel more colloquial so that's It's it's really been fun to do that too.
0: You recently worked on Romance Romance above the stack as the associate director and choreographer. I
1: did. Was
0: it freeing to be part of the creative team for a change?
1: I loved it. I loved it and I hope to do more. So anyone who wants me to direct anything, I am I am there. Yeah, I had a great time and the the cast were great. We we managed to cast some brilliant boys and and again, you know that was a reimagining as well, but in a very different way. You know, obviously changing the sexes of the of the characters, being able to have the butt stop with me, I enjoyed because I'm clearly a control freak. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think because usually I have been in a, in rooms where I've been giving lots of ideas and and things like that, and and I and I feel very proud of the result. You know, because it's as a director you have a a massive hand in that i didn't actually quite realize it's given me it's given me a a a new respect for for directors and how much they actually have to put into a project you know with with just with to start with the casting to start with you know then the production meetings constantly like looking at rewrites looking at things like that especially with this because we were again sort of changing it and reimagining it there was a lot to do, and um, Stephen Dexter, who was, you know, the sort of main director, we actually worked together on *Sound of Music* when I was six, when I was Martha. Oh my God! Um, and um, Liz Robertson was um, was Maria, and we did a workshop last year, and that sort of brought us back together, and we we got along really well, and he said, do you want to come and do this with me? And I thought that he was the you know perfect person to sort of dip my toe in, so to speak. And he was a real mentor in that sense. So um, with that, and then with Intramuros, I am having the same sort of thing with Che and Emma. Che Walker, Emma Pallant, Declan Perring, and Victor Gardner are all absolute pros and dab hands at this kind of thing. And because I have had a career that has span, you know, a wide range of things with telly and a few plays here and there. This isn't, you know, doing just straight plays isn't my comfort zone. And so, to, but to be in a room with people who make you feel so safe and supported is a real honour and a privilege. And also, uh, you know, I don't take it for granted because they are really brilliant and and it's very refreshing. You know, I'm sort of associating it with, with romance because... It feels like, especially at the Park Theatre as well, as well as the Above the Stag, they are both venues that make you... uh, that create the perfect atmosphere for safe creation. And I don't mean safe in that it's all safe material. It's safe for you to push the boundaries, which is what actors and artists are here for. That's what's refreshing about it.
0: I remember the first time I came to to Park Theatre... It really feels almost like a child of the Donmar in a way, mm. doesn't it? Because it's got that kind of vibe of freedom within the the realms of things that we're familiar with.
1: Yeah. And I hope it never loses that because venues do have a tendency sometimes to do that when they get to a, a name. Obviously, with the Donmar, it's in the centre of town, it, you know, things like that. Um, but that's what's so... Um, uh, just lovely about these these venues because there is a a real family element which is how theatre should be It's how the globe was you know that's where that you know the groups of players creating art for people to make them think that is what we intend to do so the more venues that are like this the better and they should come here and and learn from it
0: (laughs) Growing up as one of four, when yes. both of your parents were in the original cast of Cats, mm. was there ever any. They weren't in the original oh, cast, the ri- oh, it's a myth. Sorry. Oh no, my but gosh. Bonnie was. Bonnie was. My
1: aunt, Bonnie Langford, was the original Rumble teaser. Right. My mother and father were in like the third cast. But they did it at the same time. They didn't did they? it at the same time, yeah. Um, okay. And another myth that I shall quash. Right now, is that they met during cats. They didn't. They met while they were doing the Dougie Squire's second generation. Um, and he put them together as a partnership. And that's when they, you know, my mother basically taught my dad how to tap.
0: Amazing. Um,
1: you know, and, and, and coached him through that because my, my mother's mother, Babette, who is a legend in her own right, just been, had actually just had an uh, BEM, I think, which is a, a British Empire medal. Yes, she just got awarded that by the Queen. So that's really cool and for all her work in in youth in, you know she's had a youth group which has taught dancing for gosh I don't can't even don't even know how many years but my mother was part of that so she's been doing it for since she was very very young whereas my father came into it when he was 19 and to answer your question it's been nothing like anyone else you know that I know it has its ups and downs like everybody's upbringings you know normal kind of teenage angst maybe amplified by you know the drama of of the business but also amplified by the the difficulties of the business and her, of being different to other people and not having weekends off and not being able to go to christenings and weddings and normal things that people can generally do because you know and I was I didn't have a I didn't have my birthday off my birthday is the 21st of December I didn't have my birthday off from when I was three until I was at least 16 17 not even I don't I don't remember when I had my first Christmas off because I was always working I'd done pantos from when I was three so I would always be working on my birthday and things like that are different you know and Scarlet and Zizi and Sassy would have have their own version of that as well you know and it's amazing in so many ways because we know Biggins and we know you know everyone at press nights and we've seen lots of people not only in our own from our own careers but from our parents too um, who say hello to them and then in Pride Proxy would say hello to us and also you know there is a sense of people thinking that we've are entitled, you know, or feel entitled. Which, in some ways, I suppose sometimes we have felt. I enti- felt entitled because I've worked really hard and I've, you know, not had birthdays in my childhood, you know, in the way that other people did. And sometimes in my teenage years, I might have been a bit like miffed by that. But you know, uh, it's Who brought be me in, to in that yeah. Position? But it's brought me to a place now that is. You know, I'm actually really choosing work that is pushing boundaries. And that is what, you know, why artists exist. And why else would I exist otherwise, you know? Was that a
0: psychological barrier for you, being able to go, hang on, I'm going to actually pick and choose here rather than do what I feel I should do because I feel like I should work?
1: Hmm. I think every artist has that, don't they? I mean, you know, we all have to pay our bills and we all want to be able to retire at some point because you don't want to be, you know, working your whole life, especially when working is, you know, as an artist, it's sometimes not all, you know, peaches and cream. It's it's It can be really gruelling work that people don't really... I think a lot of people think it's all the glamour and all the, you know, press nights and Olivier's and all of that. But actually, for me sometimes going to award ceremonies or press nights is more stressful because there's so much pressure on what you're wearing or what you're doing and you don't get a drink for five hours because you're sat in there to see, you know what i mean it could be a lot worse don't get me wrong but the the fact that you happen to always be on show is is not necess- doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily healthy for anybody i don't think and you have to find solace in different things, which I do. I'm, I I teach yoga and I am a, you know, love yoga and meditation, which has also really helped me in my You know, in the last latter part of my career, because it's the business isn't. You know, it's it's a tough place to be right now.
0: Do you ever feel like you're given a harder time because of your name, whether that's in an audition or in a job?
1: I think. I am not given a harder time in jobs or anything like that because usually I've got the job because I'm the best for the job and I don't I don't doubt my talent in that sense and I think there are people who who are in a in a, a, a lesser you know in a more difficult position who are really talented but you know happen to be a celebrity or whatever and so they sometimes feel that they have a lot to prove I I do still have a you know feel that that pressure But at the same time, you have to just trust that you are there to do the best job for the piece and not just for you and to tell the story, you know. And uh, as I say, the last few years, I've, I've been doing stuff that isn't necessarily pushing that many boundaries. You know, I've been trying to find those elements in the shows, you know, like with Inga, people were like, oh, blonde, you know, get your legs up, get your tits out. But... For me, it was more than that. But I, I feel that, especially with musical theatre, it is very much underestimated and undervalued, the skill that it takes to act and sing and do a ponche on a hay cart at the same time. Because it doesn't feel to a lot of people who can do all those three things that people really want to see that. They want you to sing a top G and you know, belt top G, and that's enough. But then when they come and see someone doing the other, they're like, meh. So I don't really under, I don't understand that mindset because I know how, it, how what goes into it. But there are different, you know, with, with plays and things like that. I've always, I never thought that I wouldn't be able to do a play because I act through dance and I act through song. So there, there's, no, there's no separation for me. That's that's what I sometimes feel that you have that I have to prove is that I have to prove that I can act which I don't understand because because I'm not Inga I was acting as Inga and I was acting as Maria I'm not those people you know yes I might have traits of those people but I'm not I'm not I am acting and so yeah so that that can be quite Frustrating sometimes.
0: Inga was the last thing I saw you do. You're yeah. in Frankenstein. And I had Diane on the podcast and she said that was probably the most fun she's ever had on a job. Yeah. And everyone just sort of looks like they were having the best time. Yeah. That process, I mean, working with Susan Stroman, mm. that must have been like a tick off, off the list.
1: That and Mel Brooks. Yes, of course. Yeah. How could um, I forget yeah. Mel Brooks? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I watched the Oklahoma, I watched at the at the Olivier and the National when it was out with you know with Hugh and it was like oh my god this is amazing and and so and obviously the producers and things like that so but with Mel it was Mel really for me who made it um, because he just having him in the room was like Oh I can I get how that line needs to be because it's him basically it's basically all the characters of any of his shows are him of how he thinks that someone would do it so having him there was like great i know exactly how to deliver that line because mel brooks has written it and that is how he would do it you know and yeah, he gave us line reading sometimes and what? but I'm not, I'm not egotistical on that or, you know, I'm like, I will take a line reading from Mel Brooks any day of the week, especially if it comes to comedy. Um, so yeah, it was great. And, and playing Inga for me, because generally I haven't played, apart from like Havana Girl and Guys and Dolls, since then I haven't really played someone who might be particularly alluring in a sensual way. And I really enjoyed doing that, you know, and um had a lot of um a lot of lovely comments about it you know I also had people just coming and say wow your legs rather than be like you know and like yeah well I was singing and acting at the same time but um you know but I have to uh I, I must say that I I I did enjoy the compliments on that <laughs>
0: <laughs> well thank you for sticking around after rehearsals it's, it's been pleasure. lovely to chat to you, you too. Um, thank you <laughs> thank Michael. you You can see Summer in Intramuros at the Park Theatre until the 4th of May. Next time, we're going backstage with Simon Lipkin, who's in Ghost Stories at the Lyric Hammersmith. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe for more, and we'd love it if you could leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening.